I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This this, 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 is Fight Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode number 839. We're the Fight Disciples. This is your boxing preview for the weekend coming up. Bit of stuff coming up on Thursday night over in Las Vegas. We've got a couple of shows as well taking place on British soil over the weekend, so we'll get stuck into them. Before we do, please subscribe to us. You can do it via our website, fightdisciples.com. All the audio feeds are there for you. And there's also a link to our YouTube channel where we are trying to grow. So if you like to watch your podcast rather than just listen to them, you can watch us uh, on uh, YouTube by looking up Fight Disciples. Hit the subscribe button. You can also interact, stick it in the comments. All good, man. Come and get involved. Uh, my man here, between now and the end of the football season, is going to do every single show dressed as Jurgen Klopp, as you can see. Look mm-hmm. at you. You've come full tribute today, haven't you? Oh, oh. Full clop on today. We full swag. We full clop swag. Absolutely. Mate, I took this top of the lead, uh, top of the league in Feb. Sam, man, you've got to be in it to win it, and we're certainly still in it. So all good. You get your teeth done as well. Full teeth yeah. done. As clop has his had his wig done. I don't know if he's had his wig done. He's had his eyes done, didn't he? If you remember, he used to wear glasses. He doesn't wear the glasses anymore. Ah, so he had his really. eyes lasered and he had his teeth done. Bing! The yeah, full scout full, set. Full Bobby Firmino. Yeah, the full turkey set. So uh, the guy who did Jürgen's teeth and probably Bobby's teeth, actually, that's how he advertises around Liverpool as well. I did the teeth of all the stars, all them big thing. Is he, what? All right, so they've not gone abroad for him. It's a proper Scouse dentist, is it? Oh, it's a proper Scouse dentist, yeah. No need to go to Turkey anymore, kid. On your doorstep. He's probably paid 10 times as much. But yeah, mad, 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 mad. But not for me. Well, as you can see, as you can see, bit of a Jürgen Klopp tribute today. We're going to ride this out. There, there are specific Scouse traits, aren't there? To uh, uh, is cosmetic surgery the right word? Like teeth is a thing, mm-hmm. and eyebrows I've noticed are, are, are a bit of a yeah. thing too. Yeah, there's and a look. There's a 20, look. Three sixty-five tan. There's a look as well that a lot of. Uh, my Scouse brethren certainly go for as well. So I need you to do it. I need you to get a full Scouse brow, <laughs> full teeth. Teeth. Dan. Sensational. All in. Like the Queen of Scotty Road or whatever his name is. No, what's the, what's the uh, name of that? You've got uh, a comedian that actually plays the role of a, a character called, is he called oh, Turkey yeah. Teeth? John May plays Turkey, yeah. Yeah, John May, yeah. Yeah, Uncle Turkey. That's the original Turkey. There you go. There you go. For those that don't know what we're referring to, maybe you're watching us whilst you're abroad or maybe you're not UK or even Scouse. You haven't got a clue. (laughs) You ain't got a clue, but have a little bit of a a Google on that because it is uh, highly amusing. Um, Anyway, a bit of boxing action this week. Lots to uh, get stuck into. Well, actually, you've just teed it up there before we get into the three events this weekend, the preview show. What do you think of the... um, I've seen that the independent newspaper here in the UK released a list of the top 50 
most powerful figures in fight sports. And Boxing News this week, I don't think it comes out till today. Um, so mine will be coming through the post soon. But Boxing News mag uh, magazine this week, the oldest magazine in boxing, their cover story, their annual 50 most influential figures in boxing. So we've got a, a, a top 50 from both the national newspaper, that's Fight Sports. So you've got yeah. the likes of Conor McGregor in there, you've got Dana White in there, all that stuff, as well as boxing. And then the Boxing News have come out with the top 50 just in boxing. I haven't seen the Boxing News one. I have read the independent newspaper one. No prizes for guessing who has come from abs. Was unranked last year. Didn't even nobody even knew his name last year, really. And now he's top of the shop in the most influential figure in all of fight sports. He's number one in the appendant. And I would bet my bottom dollar he's now the number one in the boxing news zone. Top 50 most influential people in boxing. We are, of course, talking about Uncle Turkey himself, the main man, the player, the guy moving the chess pieces around the board in the world of boxing these days. He is. And the best thing is, certainly the independent one. I seen Uncle Turkey had reposted it on his uh, social media last night with the Rocky theme tune alongside it. Go on then, Uncle Turkey! Fantastic. Mate, he's just doing what we would all love to do. Let's be honest. It feels like Brewster's millions, doesn't it? It really does. Honest to God. Honestly, if they put a... If I was hoeing my garden right, this summer, bump. It's a little oil spout. Oh, my God. Came to investigate. Liverpool is sitting on the world's biggest oil reserve outside of Saudi Arabia. And it just happened to be going through my old pig farm garden. Boom. Nick Peter Chili in there. What are you going to do with the money, Nick? Mate, move over Uncle Turkey. There's a new kid on the block. I'd be doing exactly the same thing. Exactly the same thing. Would you? Except the fights that obviously wouldn't be in Saudi. They'd be, you know, at the Echo Arena. <laughs> Every one of them. <laughs> There you go, man. But I don't know what to say. I, I don't know what to say on it because it's obvious, isn't it? He is. He is the person that is. Um. Listen, what he says goes. Look at the way that every single promoter is reacting to him. Look at the way that every single fighter is uh, reacting to him. It's just going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. How how long it lasts for. Um. And what he ends up doing with it. You know, I mean, at the moment, he's saying all the things that every single fan wants to hear. There's no nonsense with him. Nah, bang. That's that's what we're doing. Don't care what anybody else is saying. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. And it's a noise that obviously we've been talking about for seven, eight years. And we're here now. Kick back and uh, and enjoy some of the fights that he's uh, he's providing. Like, listen, for him to announce that we're getting Baturbiev and Bivol on uh, on June the first, that's mouthwatering. Especially when look at all the roadblocks that the WBC, for example, put in the way of that last yeah. year. And he's just gone. Nah, mate. This is what we're doing. Get on with it. And for me, that's been one of the one of the most refreshing things because you know it's the the the, the four established government bodies and you know, I don't like referring to them individually or collectively in fact because they're all after the same thing and that's money out of fighters pockets but the this over this thing where he's just come in right he tweeted the other day and said we're making a new belt for Batavia Bivol 
one of them's going to get a belt and it'll say undisputed champion of the world on it. And I replied and was like, mate, does that mean build a bit, bin the belt to Uncle Turkey? Because there's no point having those other four belts then. If you crown someone, Baterbia, Bivol, winner, and go, right, move them four out the way. Here's a belt that says undisputed champion of the world on it. Right. Them four? No, but you don't have to pay them no more. There's only one belt and it belongs to either Bivol or Baterbia and you're the man. Yep. That's it. I might go. I might go back in time to look at the episode that we did, probably about five years ago, where we pitched that idea. Yeah, we did. Yeah, <laughs> we did big time. Bin all them off. Together, one belt. Every weight division just needs one belt. That's it. Sack all these sanctioning bodies off. And if that is, again, I'm. Gonna, we don't know where this is going, but if that is where he's going with it, awesome. Mm-hmm. Don't need them sanctioning bodies. Sack them off, man. Everybody's pr- walking around parading that they're a world champion. No, you're not. Do one. One single, one song, every single weight division. That'd be amazing if that is the what is the the end game for Turkey yeah. Al Sheikh. And if and it starts with the Turbia Bivol, brilliant. Exactly. And imagine how good that would be to, for mainstream sports fans. Mate, imagine, who... imagine having the press conference, right? And he stands up, he said, Right, that's what you're fighting for. Give me them. Picks yeah. them all up and just lashes them in the bin. So you don't need them. They're irrelevant yep. now. This is the yep. one. That's all you're fighting for. The number one at light heavyweight. And every division that I'm involved with is going to do the exact same thing. All these belts are now irrelevant. It'd be amazing. Oh, Absolutely amazing if you did that. Yeah. Stick all your 3% back in your pockets. But surely that's got to be, you know, at the moment, like the other week when they did that show and there was something like eight different promoters at the table. And I was like, mm. that is, that's phenomenal. That, that, that's no one's been able to do that before. It's difficult enough to get Queensbury and Matchroom to work together. Never mind Queensbury and Matchroom and them and these and multiple people at the table. There's multiple people at the table because there's more money at that table than any other table in world boxing and has been for generations. But at what point does Uncle Turkey go, why, why are all these getting paid? Yeah. And you want to pay the fighters. Yeah. So, don't need them. Fighters, when I ring, you answer the phone, I'll get you paid. Sound. Okay. Exactly. That's where this is going. I think you think you could be right. Live Golf's the perfect example. Live Golf, right, we're going to do this big golf tournament, yeah, it will run alongside PGA. And... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Can't do that. No chance. No. If any of our players want to play for you, that's it. They'll <clears> never <throat> play in any majors anymore. All right. Okay. Sound. Uh We'll just buy you then. Okay, yeah, great. That's what they did. Live golf were going. Oh, it would. The guy who runs the PGA started talking about 9/11, all kinds of stuff. And a year later, he was like, "Ching, pay me." Insane. Money talks, man. And that's what's again. This is his debut year, Mister Uncle Turkey, and he's right in a top spot. Most influential man in boxing. I agree. Most influential man in all of fight sports because of what he's doing. Dana White knocked off the top spot, in my opinion, this year because of what this guy's capable of doing. And he's only just started. I should have said Saudi Arabia have only just started. In reality, he hasn't actually delivered anything yet. Really? Think about it. What have we had? (laughs) Yeah. Heavyweight champion of the world in a non-title fight against a non-boxer. Yeah. 
in December, you had a lot of fights, a lot of names on a card in fights that you never asked for. They should have been fighting each other. Yeah, yeah the that's, what, that's, what, that's, that's what you had. And the undisputed fights just fallen off. And, until, I, oh, yeah, because, uh, because of course, Usyk AJ wasn't Uncle Turkey. It was a no. different... It was a different group on it, oh, of course. It didn't was, have yeah. any of that. So what? He hasn't actually delivered anything yet. Yeah, but he's he's setting the table, kid. Yeah, he's setting he's... the table. Listen, I ain't I ain't knocking him. The guy is oh. laying the table. He's talking an unbelievable game, yeah. and we're we're getting dates. We haven't had a we haven't had it play out yet. When we get to when uh, so we got May is the undisputed heavyweight fight. People will say. Mm -hmm. AJ and Garnu. No, calm down. Undisputed fight, May 18th is this rescheduled date. Undisputed yeah. fight, June 1st for light heavies. Um, and hopefully that is the sign of things to come going forward. Mm -hmm. Good times, man. If you if you were Uncle Takey's confidant, if you were his liaison, if you were his right hand. We man, are. We are. No, we, no, these no, are, this, are. this is what we've been speaking about for eight years. We are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, well, let's come up with some more ideas now for Uncle Turkey to move forward before we do the previews because, and this will bring us nicely on to the previews because there's a couple of fighters in action tomorrow night in the US. Superstars in and around a golden era group of lightweight, super lightweight and welterweight divisions. Mm. We, we've been talking about this for two or three years, Uncle Turkey, as you well know. And it originally started as the new Four Kings and then became a golden generation and give it whatever kind of label you want. In and around lightweight, super lightweight, welterweight in America, you've got some of the most talented, most exciting, most biggest potential stars in the sport. The problem has been is there's only one or two of them willing to fight anybody. As good as, as Tank is, he's being very much orchestrated down a certain path, you know. And, and right now, you've got one of them, Shakir Stevenson, that's decided to retire because the big fights aren't coming that he wants quick enough and all this kind of noise. Do you think it's time that Uncle Turkey thinks about getting his teeth stuck into a lightweight slash super lightweight, almost like a super series, and go, right, these eight fighters around this 135, 140 weight class, the best eight in the world. I'm going to bring them all together and we're going to make sweet, sweet music because there's so many super fights in and around there. I think that's the, that would go stratospheric. I know he's starting with the big boys and he's slowly working his way down. Heavyweight, light heavyweight, right, light, right. Okay, let's do light heavyweight. Canelo's on his way out at super middle. Uh, I don't think the Canelo thing appeals to him. I think that's it's own good money after a, 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 an old horse, basically. I think Canelo is what he is. We'll sell him out in Mexico, in Las Vegas, in North America, back end of his career, two or three fights left sound. I think the next gen, but the next generation is that lightweight, super lightweight. It's your Tios, it's your Haney's, it's your Shakers, it's your Keyshawn Davises, it's fucking all them guys, your Ryan Garcia's, your Tank Davis. Round fucking Robin, the life out of them, Uncle Turkey, and that will set the sport on fire. The thing anyway. is, right? Normally, I'd sit here, right? I go as if. No, I'd sit here and go, yeah, but, and then I would give you logical, factual, as I always oh. do. 
logical, factual arguments as to why certain things might not necessarily play out. But since the introduction of Turkey Al-Sheikh into the world of boxing, all that is now irrelevant. Because as you pointed out two minutes ago, cash is king, man. The guy's got a lot of cash. So everybody else, when you're talking about sanctioning bodies, mandatories, when you're talking about all the broadcasters, when you're talking about promoters, they're all after his cash. So if he says, we're doing this, now all the things that used to stand in the way, well, I'm on this platform. I can't go and fight on that platform. Oh, that's his promoter. I can't work with that promoter. It's all, not, it's all irrelevant now. So I don't know any of the answers. <laughs> yeah. he, is, but he has literally just gone like that to boxing. Anything, genuinely now, when people speak to me about stuff, I go, well, it's possible. It's up to him. It's up to, it's him. Up to him. Whatever is in his head, whatever he wants to do, it's it's possible that that could actually happen. And obviously, as a fight fan, that's extremely exciting. Is he interested in 135 to 147? If he is, then away we go. We could have something very, very special. He might not be. He might just be enamored by the big fellas. Mm-hmm. That's, that might just be his thing. He might just be going, nah, I just want to do heavyweights and big, bigger lads. Okay, fair enough, mate. Sound, we're still in. But then he might go, hmm, fancy a bit of a new way against this guy. I fancy a bit of this against that. Mate, I don't know. Don't know any of the answers of what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. But it's all now possible. All the things that used to stand in the way are no longer poignant because of that. And they all want what it. What was interesting as well, and we didn't get to talk about it because obviously the biggest story happened 24 hours after the announcement, and that was Fury getting injured and Fury pulling out of the fight. But just under 24 hours prior to that news breaking, obviously the promotion for the fight featuring Arthur from Peaky Blinders, which was, again, mega, went everywhere. And the reason it went everywhere is because they announced it was the fight was going on. The Zone, TNT Sports, and Sky Sports here in the UK. Do you think that is going to be the norm now for these big fights? Do you think AJ and Ganu will be on all three platforms? Yes. Do you think Bivol versus Batavia was going to be on all three platforms yes, as well? Yes, because the overriding point is to get as many eyes on it as they possibly can. It's Boxing is the vehicle for other things. Of course. So, so let's get as many eyes on this mega event in Saudi Arabia as we possibly can. And if a broadcaster's got a problem with that. They'll get sorted out. Don't you worry about it. I do fear for the lesser broadcasters because you're going to go to the path of least resistance, aren't you? If you're a consumer at home and you're sat at all, sky's easiest. There you go. Yeah. You're not going to be messing about with an app and all that type of carry on, are you? Yeah. Or those that are a little bit more um, switched on to the production elements and the presentation elements of each individual team, you might go with your favorite team. I don't know. You might you might think the zone is the best present presentation team. You go, I'll go with them. They speak the most sense or whatever. You might go with TNT. They speak the most sense. Or I might go with Sky because it's the easiest. Whatever. You know what I mean? Um mm. yeah. I think I think over for the what I would class as the casual fan, Sky's the easiest pick. You just go well, like that, don't you? Bang. It's the biggest. It's the biggest platform. But the it? whole point. The whole point is, as many eyes as possible, man. Yeah. Let's get everybody watching it. Well, this is the biggest 
you know, fight sports podcasting all of Europe, Uncle Turkey. So if you want us to stream it, lads, you'll give us a bell. <laughs> that was a bit of a tongue in cheek there. Yeah. Um, Anyways. You can see my answer. Yeah. Um, exactly. Anyways. <clears throat> um Right, we've gone things. early today, and I'll tell you why we've gone early today. Because our mate Tiafimo Lopez is in action tomorrow night in Las Vegas. You're probably thinking, what the hell are you talking about? Thursday night, i.e. early morning, Friday from Vegas. You must have your date wrong, Nick. No, it's Super Bowl weekend in Las Vegas, kids, and kicking thing off is the takeover himself, taking on Jermaine Ortiz from the Mikhailov Ultra Arena in Las Vegas on Thursday night slash early Friday morning. So you might have to phone and work sick on Friday morning because we're all staying up to watch Tiafimo Lopez, baby. Yeah, you can hear him as well. He's on our uh, YouTube channel. There's an interview gone up there. Uh, Tiafimo caught up with him about 10 days, two weeks ago, something like that. And it's so refreshing to see the personality back. We've been around Tio over the last two to three years. And if you remember going into the Taylor fight, it was like, his world's on fire, man. There's so much going on outside of the ring. Where's his head at? Is he focused? Is he is all that a distraction to what we believe he can actually go on to, to go and do? Can he rekindle? Can he get back to where he was when he beat Vasily Lomachenko? Well, yeah. Because when he went through the ropes, it was the calmest place on the planet for him. He was absolutely tremendous against Josh Taylor and he became uh, a two-weight world champion, obviously, uh, that night. Now, um, in the immediate aftermath of the Taylor fight, obviously he announces his retirement and he's come out and he's even said in that interview with me, if you go and have a look at it, yeah, it was a ploy, just doing a little bit of marketing. Yeah, right. <laughs> whatever, man, whatever, right? But the key thing is, is that, I don't think it's in the interview, we, we spoke about this off camera. In the immediacy of calling his retirement, he could then go and deal with everything that was going on in his personal life, of which he's now done. He spent a lot of time uh, with his boy, which I know that he's exactly what he wants to do. You may have seen on his Instagram that his little lad is in that gym all the time with him and he's around him and all that, which is really putting Teal in a, in a quality place. And you've only got to watch that 20 minutes of a chat and I'm just sat there going, the kid's back. I've been I've yeah. been around him when I've been worried about him and I'm thinking, oh mate, he's you know, there's a lot going on there for a lad that's in his early twenties, there's a lot going on there. Now he's 26, coming up 27. I, I was sat there just enjoying his company, enjoying the things he was saying, enjoying the conversation, uh, because the personality's back, it's starting to shine through. And as we say all the time, a happy fighter is a very dangerous fighter. He seems to be enjoying his work. And this fight, actually. Although we would all love to see Tiafimo Lopez and Devin Haney, Tiafimo Lopez and Tank Davis, Tiafimo Lopez and Ryan Garcia. Of course, we would love to see those big names, bright lights. Maybe Jermaine Ortiz is not the name that you would look at and go, that one jumps off the page. But there's a bit of history between the pair of them. And Jermaine Ortiz is a well-seasoned fighter, especially at 135. Mm-hmm. Went the distance with Loma. Uh, beat Jamel Herring. Um, and like I said, in the Golden Gloves in 2015, these two had a right little ding-dong in the final there. Uh, Tio came up uh, with the victory, but it, it was a tight fight. It was a very, very close fight. So um, I'm anticipating a good fight, a good test. But if Lopez is back to being Lopez, we might get a showstopper. Yeah, I think just being just observing from the outside in, <clears throat> and I was watching the Blood, Sweat and Tears uh, promo, which which Top Rank produce. Um, 
and was on Sky Sports last night. Funnily enough, I was watching it last night and it was good to see Tio talk the way he was and acting the way he was. One thing I did notice in that mini doc and what I've seen so far during fight week this week, I haven't seen Tio's dad anywhere. I'm just wondering whether his dad just taking a little bit of a backward step, maybe helping everybody just to, you know, because his dad's obviously a super important part in Tio's success story, of course he is, but his dad does bring a real, like, intense energy. Do you know what I mean? An intense energy. He's an intense dude to be around. And now I don't know whether Theo maybe fed off that a little bit as well or or whatever. But that was just the one thing, you know, previously when he's it's been fight week for Theo, his dad's making as much noise as Theo is. Whereas this week, I haven't seen his dad at all. I'm not, and again, that might be a conscious decision from his dad, from Theo, from the team. Whatever it is, I applaud it, you know, and that's not a knock on his dad at all. I just feel like this is T.O.'s journey and it should be more about him and less about, you know, addressing what his dad might be saying or might not be saying and all this kind of stuff. So that's been kind of refreshing. But you're right. Listen, I think Jermaine Ortiz is a legit opponent. You know, he's strong. They know each other well. Ortiz um, has got one defeat in his entire career and that was against Loma on points. But, he, you know, he had, he had some good moments against Loma. He won a couple of rounds as well. I think coming up to super lightweight, just like T.O., I think will help Jermaine Ortiz as well. Um, so I, I think it's a brilliant fight. I really do. I think the neither of them have been too active. I think they both only had one fight last year, um, which isn't good. But it just means they're both in a very similar place. Jamel Herring, as you say, is probably Ortiz's best win. You could say Jamel Herring at that point had lost his world title at super featherweight and was kind of moving up to lightweight to give it one last go. Maybe maybe Jermaine Ortiz was just a little bit too big, a little bit too sharp, a little bit too hungry for him. But it, Ortiz was the bigger guy that time. I don't think T.O., even though he's more established than super lightweight, is going to suddenly look like the bigger guy in this fight. But I just think T.O.'s got that level of experience and a little bit more popping his punches than Jermaine Ortiz. That's a problem with Ortiz. As good as he is, as talented he is at this level, You've mm-hmm. got to be able to rock somebody on the back of their heels, haven't you? You've got to be able to push somebody back and 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 and, and make them rethink their their offense. And I don't know whether he pops hard enough to force Tio onto the back foot. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> um, like I said, if it's a hundred percent Tiafimo Lopez, then he will win this fight. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see how he goes about doing it. Like I said, I think it's a competitive fight. Jermaine Ortiz is a well-seasoned guy. The division, and this is kind of comes back to the conversation that we were having two minutes ago about Turkey Al-Sheikh and whether he wants to get involved in these divisions and see if he can make certain things happen. There's a lot of fights that are being rumoured at 140. Haney and Garcia obviously seems to be back on, doesn't it? And we're all for that. Don't get me wrong. I think everybody would support that. Rolly Romero against Isaac Cruz. Uh, you've got Barroso as well that is in that mix with that interim WBA belt. And then you've got Matthias, who is uh, allegedly fighting Liam Parrow next. I believe he's going at home for a little bit of a homecoming. Um, so that everybody seems to be on the right schedule and fighting in and around the right time. Let's get through these fights and then maybe start to throw some unifications. As as you'll find out in that uh, interview that I did with Theo, he says, that, listen, we went after Matthias. And he said he were injured. Went after Haney and he couldn't find his pen. Well, I don't, this is just what he's saying, right? I'm sure if there's a boatload of cash on the table, courtesy of Saudi Arabia, those conversations might come a little bit easier. And we've seen Devin Haney out in Saudi Arabia, haven't we? He seems to be having solid conversations yeah. with uh, Turkey El Sheikh. So 
you never know, man. He might. He might fancy getting involved. And for me, the one is Haney and Lopez. That's the fight. At yeah, 140, I think it, I think it's the biggest fight in the division. Yeah. Out of all the names you just mentioned there as well, you rattled through probably seven or eight of the leading guys at super lightweight. And the only two you missed were the two Brits. And hopefully that means because the two Brits are going to get announced soon, Taylor and Catchall part two. Hopefully it happens this summer because, as you say, you've got Catchall there who criminally should have been a world champion but never has been. And he's now in a situation where he needs to put his name back in the frame. And you've got Josh Taylor still reveling from the Teofimo Lopez defeat. And he's got to put himself back in the frame. So there really is only one fight for both of them. Mm. And hopefully the winner of that does get spawned back into this conversation, this loop. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, it really is a night of uh, my ones to watch on Thursday because Keyshawn is also on the, uh, on the other card. He was my one to watch last year. And this is a step up for him. Okay. I know that Jose Pedraza is uh, coming to the end of his career, a bit of a twilight, and I know that he's got a bit of a mad record at the back end of this career. He's In his last three, he hasn't won one, he's lost two, and he's drawn one. In his last ten, he's won five, lost four, drawn one. Mm-hmm. Before that, he was wicked. And okay, before that, he was a super feather and everything was you know looking, looking tremendous. Um, Javonta Davis is the only man to stop him. And I kind of like this test for uh, for Keyshawn Davis. He's what nine pro fights in. I know ten. he's he's ten fights. In. Is this his tenth? Is this his tenth? This, no, this is the eleventh. If you remember, the tenth was uh, a no contest. He won his ten fights, and they did, and the Texas overruled it to a no contest. That was his last fight, right? Because he popped off for marijuana. Ah, that's right. Texas is one of only a handful of states that still test and suspend for marijuana. So he went in there, won the fight. Um, against Nahir Albright last time out in Texas, should be 10-0. And then afterwards, they went, oh, you got marijuana in your system. Right? No contest. Fucking idiots. Anyway. Anyway. Um, the only guy to stop Pedraza. So, and he's been with a lot of seasoned guys, former world champion, of course. It's a test for Keisha Davis. Let's see what you're all about. This guy knows what he's doing. He's got a wicked jab as uh, Joseph Pedraza, the sniper. Let's see if you yeah. can get around it and let's see if you can do something special. Let's see if you can do what Tank did and stop him. I, I, I favourite going the distance, if I'm dead honest, but it'd be great if uh, if Keyshawn can get a stoppage here. Yeah, he's been around forever, Pedraza, and yet he's he's only 34, which, you know, when you think that, I remember when he fought, defended his world title against Stephen Smith in 2016. Um, and right then he was undefeated. He was the world established super featherweight world champion, everything else. And now, what are we, eight, nine years on? Um, and he's, again, he's 34. He's still he's still fresh in my eyes. But he's gone seven, five, and one, as you pointed out there. Since that Stephen Smith defense, he's gone seven, five, and one. And that includes picking up a world title at lightweight as well, a two-weight world champion. But there's a lot of losses in there. But the losses of Elite respect, guys, man. Some yeah. elite guys in there. Barbosa, Ramirez. That's the only one that stopped him. Yeah. Zepeda beat him. 
Loma beat him. Ramirez beat him. Barbosa beat him last February, but they all beat him on points. He drew with Comey, didn't he? Sorry? Did he get a draw with Richard Comey? Yeah, drew with Richard Comey, yeah. yeah. So that's... His, his run of performances there are all against either a former world Top champions, current world guys. champions, or Barbosa, you know, a future contender. So he he, he mixes in he mixes in good, obviously still world class level. The point is, is he still is he still the fighter he once was? Is he still as deadly as he once was? And you would suggest that run of form would suggest that he might just be over the hill at thirty four. When you're facing a kid who's twenty four that has got as much confidence as Keyshawn Davis, that is as outstanding as Keyshawn Davis. You know, I think he's a, he's a real talent, a real talent. You know, when you're talking about Shakur Stevenson being the future, and these guys, Keyshawn Davis is absolutely in that conversation. He's just 12 months, 18 months behind where they're at. You know, the, the similarities are uncanny. Shakur Stevenson, Olympic silver medalist, Come in, made made loads of noise, massive personality, massive character, the future of boxing. Keyshawn Davis just went to the next Olympic cycle, and he's now the guy since Rio, silver medal. Obviously, we all know his kryptonite is Andy Cruz, but there's only one Andy Cruz on the planet. As long as you stay away from Andy Cruz, you can make a fucking fortune in this game. And talent-wise, I think he's going to make a fortune in this game. Spar with Terence Crawford day in, day out. Spars with Shakur as well at that Beaumac gym. Shakir is a, a regular visitor there. So this is a step up, but I think it's the step up at the right time. It was supposed to happen in December. This fight was supposed to happen in December the 9th, I think it was, in Florida because of that Texas bloody marijuana. By the way, they, I think 23 states, well, I know, 23 states in America don't test for marijuana. Most organizations, NFL, UFC, Major League Baseball, don't even test for marijuana these days. Yet Texas is one of those states where, for boxing, they do test for it. So his points win was overruled. So he's 9-0 with one no contest. It pushed that fight back. It is happening now. I think we're going to see a statement from Keyshawn Davis and maybe even a, a line in the sand performance to go, right, get this kid a world title for his 12th professional fight. Mm. Um, The rest of the card, if I'm honest, just feels like a lot of homers. Yeah. Of that's course. fair. That's a fair comment, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's a lot of young top rank prospects coming through. One we haven't mentioned before, and we it's worth mentioning for anyone that is gonna do an all nighter on Thursday, is we, we we've never mentioned him on here. He's only 19. His name's Abdullah Mason. It's good, isn't it? He's yeah, he, he's a southpaw, he's a teenager, he's a baby, but he's already eleven and all with nine knockouts. And in just 27 months, he's uh He's averaging five fights a year. He turned pro just over two years ago. He's 11 and 0. He's 19. Yeah. But he can bang, man. He can absolutely bang. Proper baby. High on him. Yeah. Proper choir boy look about him, but on evil, fucking big punching motherfucker. <laughs> um, that's Thursday night. And then you've got Saturday night action. We'll do <clears throat> well, we'll do the best fight. Let's do the best fight. Hamza Shiraz against Liam Williams. Yeah. Uh, Commonwealth middleweight title. Um, I was lucky enough to be in attendance for Hamza Shiraz uh, when he fought in Poland on the undercard of uh, Usyk Dubois, and he was brilliant that night. Very underrated performance. The kid that he was in with, very well-seasoned, been there, done it, and got the T-shirt when it comes to the amateur game, was making some nice noise in the pro game as well. Uh, comes out of a very, very solid gym, and Hamza Shiraz just went over there and dealt with him. 
dealt with him in in fantastic, fantastic fashion. I personally think his best performance as a as a pro so far. But having said that, even though that performance against uh, in Poland against the Ukrainian was a step up then, and you probably look at that being a good level, pedigree level uh, victory, I still think this is a step up as well. When you're looking at the pro rank, because uh, Liam Williams challenged for world titles at 154. Mm-hmm. He's uh, challenged at 160 against Andrade. Yeah. He's come up short, obviously, in all these that I'm referring to, and he's been in there with Eubanks, so he's very well experienced. We know what Liam Williams is all about. Um, and I think it will be a test. I think he's going to ask some serious questions of Hamza Shiraz. Um, I do think Shiraz is a bit special, though. I just think... Yeah. I just think he's got a little bit of something about him. I'd like to, very similar to what I was talking about last week with Josh Boatsy, I want to see him swim a little bit. Let's get into some deep water, man. Let's yeah. see what the crack is. Let's see Liam Williams put it on him. Let's see him get him on his chest. Let's let's see him put some pressure on him. Let's see him hit him a couple of times and see how he reacts. Because up until this point, he seems to have had it all his own way, and that's fair, but we need a test. So I hope Liam Williams puts it on him, gives him a good, 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 good couple of cracks, and let's see what that reaction's like. I back Hamza Shiraz, but I want to see it. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Hamza Shiraz. I think he's quality and he's massive for this weight division as well. And he knows how to fight tall. You know, he, he he's rangy, but he's a spiteful puncher as well. He's in incredible form at the moment, even though he hasn't had too many fights. And he's only had one fight in 15, 16 months, which isn't isn't ideal when you're only mm. 24. You want to stay a little bit more active. Um, but I think this is the right opponent at the right time. And, you know, I've got a lot of time for Liam Williams. I like the kid. I've been around him. I've been covered a lot of the fights nice over lad, the years. Nice lad. Yeah, I, I like Liam Williams. He's a proper hard-working, typical Valley boy, heart on his sleeve, family man. You know, he had that spell in Sheffield. I don't know whether that was probably the right move for him. He's now back back with Gary Lockett, I think. I think that was always the best recipe for him. But you have to try these things, you know, when things don't go mm. right, you have to think, wait a minute, maybe they're being away from family, maybe they're being in a proper fight camp, maybe that will help me. I think Sheffield is a... Winco Bank Gym is a really tough gym for anyone to join because stylistically, I think if you're you're either groomed Winco Bank or you're not, and to go in there and suddenly have all this emphasis on footwork and all this emphasis on, it's a very different gym. You know, it's probably one of the most difficult gyms to come in, certainly as you're in the middle or even later stages of your career, just because the way they do things there. So I always, I, I always thought that was going to be a, a an unusual fit for him. I'm not being a, a Johnny come lately. I just I remember saying that at the time as well. But he's back with Gary Lockett now. He's only 31, Liam Williams. He's the two-time, yep. as you say, world title contender. And he's tough as anything. And when he moved up to middleweight, we're like, is he big enough for middleweight? But he, you know, he was he was registered knockout after knockout. And okay, sound, okay, fair enough. A little bit like a, you know, a, a, a John Ryder type, very mm. strong, mm. very tough on the inside, gritty. But you know, we were in Cardiff for the Eubank fight and just there were signs in that Eubank fight where I just thought, you're not the same animal you once was. You're not the same con- contender or competitor that you once was. And, and that's not to take anything away from Chris, but there was moments in that fight where Liam Williams had to do Liam Williams things to try and turn it around. And either he was unable to or he subconsciously decided not to. But I just thought that night, I was like, mm, 
And I just think if Hamza Shiraz can get on him and get on him early, which he does, look at Hamza Shiraz's record. Mm. You know, he's on the back of 12 consecutive finishes. Mm. Three of his last four have gone inside two rounds. Mm. Hamza starts fast. He whips mm. in those long levers and he hurts you. Liam Williams has to be ready for that. Otherwise, this thing could be over inside four rounds. But even if it isn't, Hamza's going to set such a pace that Liam Williams better be up and down them valleys like never before to live with him. I just think for me, timing's everything. And again, two-time British champion Liam Williams, two-time world title contender, former Commonwealth champion. This is for the Commonwealth belt. I just think timing's everything. And Liam Williams at this stage in his career isn't going to be able to handle what Hamza Jerez brings to this ring. I hope he asks him questions, though. Yeah. I get, I get, I compl- listen, everything you've said, I think he's bang on. I just hope that Liam Williams does ask him questions. I want a, I want a little bit of chin checking because you know what? Hamza Shiraz is very, very close, very, very close from having the, the monster fights to the eliminators, isn't he now, for, for the top, top prizes. Um, we said when, um, the matchroom Queensbury five versus five thing is is floating around. His name comes up all the time because if you're going to do it, then you're probably going to put him in with Amo Williams, aren't you? Mm-hmm. You know, and that would be an incredible eliminator for a world title shot, a uh, hundred and sixty. So yeah, I want to see that test. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Should be uh, should be a good main event that. Um, on the card as well, you've got Sam Noakes. I know. I'm, listen, I look at that fight on paper and it looks competitive, doesn't it? On paper. Um, I'm a big fan of Sam Noakes. And I yeah. look at that and I think every time I've watched it, you need some power to to stop him doing what he does. And I just don't think it's going to come back the other way. I think actually Sam Noakes, as a as a straightforward knight, Anthony Yard's got a straightforward knight. Um, there's bigger and better things to come from both of those. But I do enjoy watching the pair of them fight. Yeah. And listen, Lewis Sylvester's here on merit. You know, he's he's not Sam Noakes. He's not, you know, a, a standout amateur that got a big deal and has been fighting on TV coat. Sam Noakes has been on, you know, he's fought at Wembley, he's fought at the O2, he's fought, you know, his career has been built up on TV cards. Lewis Sylvester didn't get on TV until he fought uh, Adam Cope for the English title, like last year or whatever it was, mm-hmm. when he won the English title. And that was a 50-50 small haul. Okay, like, tell you what. Let's get a little bit of English title action for this DAZN card. Who's knocking about? Yeah, Adam Cope versus Lewis Sylvester. Neither of them match room. Boom, English title fight. Yeah, go on, we'll spice it up. And the two of them turned up and delivered, and Lewis Sylvester provided the best performance of his career to become English champion. He's had a defence since, back off TV again. And now, right, okay, who's the who, who's worthy of fighting for this Commonwealth lightweight belt against Sam Noakes on his second defence or whatever it is? English champion Lewis Sylvester won a chance. Yeah, man, fucking right. I want a chance. So even though he's only got, as you say, he's only got three or four knockouts in his thirteen wins. He can box. That's my point. Is he can box. He could probably box the years off most people. It's just that there's a lot coming the other way, mate. That's the problem. And Sam need... Noakes is a banger. Yes, that's the problem. You know, of his of his last four fights, all finishes, three in the fight, three in round number four, one in round number two. Like Hamza Shiraz, kid starts quick. Sam Noakes. And if Lewis Sylvester can't keep him off, mm-hmm. if he hasn't got the footwork to get out the way, mm-hmm. slip and move to punch it to, to counter and slip out the back door, then it's going to be a real tough night for Lewis Sylvester. But I'm not going to knock the fight. This is what it's all about. Lewis Sylvester is here on merit. Can his boxing 
match not only the boxing ability of Sam Noakes, who can box, by the way, but also can he avoid those big power punches of Sam Noakes as well? And only a second time under the lights, Lewis Sylvester. He has to handle it between the years. He's probably going to do more media over the next two or three days than he's done in his previous 13 fights, which is great. But is he for this game? Is he born for this game? Sam Noakes been doing media since he turned pro. So there's a lot on Lewis Sylvester, but I'm delighted that he's got this opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anything else on that one before I go to the Indigo? No. Let's go the Indigo, baby. Uh, Liam Dillon versus Ruiz Bellotti. I told you it were nice in my prospects. My ones to watch. <laughs> uh, British and Commonwealth uh, super featherweight titles on the line. Liam Dillon's undefeated. Very good boxer. I'll come back to him in a minute. I want to talk Bellotti because obviously when we started this podcast, I said, keep an eye on Bellotti. He's going to go and do some fantastic things. And it kind of blew up in my face. Now, Bellotti, after losing five of seven fights between 2018 and 2021, he was yeah. knocked out badly on a couple of occasions. He had some dodgy split decisions in there where I thought he was a bit unfortunate, but he still he still did. He dropped back. This is what I liked about Reese Bellotti, right? Because boxing can humble you sometimes. And some, and you've got to leave your ego at the door. When If, ever, if you've ever been in, the, in, in a boxing gym, a kickboxing gym, a martial arts gym, you get told all the time, don't you? Leave your ego at the door, man. You get, this is where we go. This, everybody's the same here. Leave your ego at the door. And what I liked about this, we're talking about a lad that had been fighting for British title, Commonwealth, Commonwealth titles in particular, all and sundry. And he lost five of seven fights. And everybody was like, ah, it's done. He's done. He, he's, he's just a puncher. He's just this. He's just that. He dropped back down to Southern area title level, mm-hmm. did uh, Reese in 2022. And okay, it might have just been a confidence builder, but it was a, a case of, right, let's rip it up. It ain't working. And yep. let's start again. And he has done. And he's gradually just chipped away, got himself back in at Southern Area Title, won that. Chipped up, chipped up, chipped up. And now, last time out, he goes into a fight against Akin Fias. And, and most people would have looked at that and gone, bit, Fias is better. Fias is outboxing here. What a performance. Yeah. What a brilliant. Brilliant performance, clever. We know you've got power, Reese, but now you can show you now you're showing us that you can box a bit as well. What a brilliant performance that was against Akin Fiaz. So you're rightfully back to the level that you've competed at previously, Commonwealth titles, British titles. Okay. Don't get me wrong, you're taking on a kid at the weekend, Liam Dillon, who is very good. He's very he's very slick, but does he have the power? Does he have the power? to put a dint in Reese Bellotti. Now, I'm not saying Reese just go all guns blazing and fucking no. pile on forward because you might get your head boxed off. <laughs> yeah, because you might get your head boxed off because this kid can box. He's very slick. But if you're clever, you're the one that's got the equaliser. If you're clever and the game plan's right and he applies the things that he applied in the Akib Fias fight, he's got a chance here, man. He's got a real chance of... Uh, of turning over Liam Dillon, who I rate very highly, by the way. I think Liam Dillon's really good. I just have a doubt over the power, that's all. Yeah, I think, obviously, Liam Dillon comes into this. They're both bringing something to the table. Yeah, it's great. Liam Dillon's Dillon's the British champion. 
He won it in Newcastle last summer when he stopped, as you say. He, he, he won a split decision against Kaz Ashfak. Ashfak, by the way, is making his comeback on the other card that we've just previewed. He's on that undercard with Anthony Yards in a comeback fight there. But he picks up the British title there, career best win up in Newcastle, dropped Ashfak a couple of times in that fight as well. And in fact, it was the knockdowns that he caught, that he scored that allowed him to win that British title and he won it on a split decision. Don't get me wrong, I think he won it. I think those knockdowns were very important. But there was moments in that fight where Ashfak absolutely was, was winning rounds. And what I liked about Reese Bellotti when he did win this Commonwealth title up in Liverpool in his last fight when we were sitting ringside, and obviously we're engaged with Reese because of your history of backing him and everything else. I was so impressed with his boxing ability. I was so impressed with how he wasn't rushing anything. I just think this maturity now, he was 33 years of age, Reese Bellotti now. Mm. He's been there, done it, and wore the T-shirt. And he's gone into fights and gone, I'll bomb this guy out. And he's gone in and gone, I'll beat this guy. I'm too good for him. And, you know, he's come out and gone, oh, split decision. I should have won that. And he's so experienced in this game now. I think it's all stood him in good stead to go, right, you never underappreciate anyone. You never freaking undervalue any opponents. You never rely on your power. You never rely on the judges. You've just got to go in there and be the best version of Reese Bellotti. And at this stage, I just think he's not, he's not leaving any stone unturned. And I really fancy him in this fight. I really mm, do. I, I think do. he could beat Liam Dimler. I think he could emerge for the first time. I, I think he's been a Commonwealth champion a bunch of times. Yeah. This could be his first time winning the British title yeah, as well. Right. Yeah. And if you're Reese Bellotti, go back, go back to when his career was two and five and ask him then, would you love to become British champion one day? He'd have bit your hand off for it. And who knows what comes next after that? Yeah. If he can pick up British Commonwealth this weekend, who knows? Even at this, you know... Horrible to say late stage at 33, but the featherweights, you know, super featherweights kind of yeah. blossom a little bit earlier than heavyweights. He is in the twilight of his career, but what big fight could what could he unlock next? Who knows with Reese Bellotti? Yeah. So yeah, I really fancy him for this fight. I think experience counts for a lot. I think he matches Dylan for power. I think he could potentially max D Dylan for boxing ability as well. Yeah, man. Good fight. See, I was playing the long game with Reese Bellotti. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You get them right straight away sometimes, i.e. Teofimo Lopez. But if you play the longer game, Jack Catterall's one of mine as well. We'll get there eventually. We'll get there, kids. Uh -huh. uh, Spider's back, Craig Richards. We haven't seen him since he got beat off uh, Josh Boazzi, which is nearly two years ago, mate. Mad. He's been out for two years. Um, and he's taken on Boris Crichton. Um, Boris. The Blade. Yeah, listen, we're really familiar with Boris. I don't want to call him a journeyman because I think that's really unfair, actually, to call him a journeyman because he's he went through a period of time where he was just winning and he had his own uh, career aspirations and whatever. But then you hit, he hit a ceiling and he just can't get through that ceiling, can he? Can't get over, can't get over the wall. So now he's become that guy that, right, okay, we've got we we need to guarantee rounds, we need it to be competitive, um, and. We need a little bit of jeopardy in there. And Boris has become that guy for this level of uh, yes. of this weight division, hasn't he? Um, and I think that'll be exactly what this is at the weekend. If if Spider's anywhere near what he what he was at, then I think he comes through. But I think it's a long night because Boris Crichton's tough as fuck and he can do a bit. And I think he'll ask questions the other way around. I think he'll win rounds, but I think Craig Richards will come through. Yeah, inactivity for 21 months isn't good long for anybody time, yeah. at any stage in their career, especially one who's 
recently fought for a world title, recently fought a future world title contender. Just to be clear, there's absolutely no shame whatsoever in losing to Dimitri Bivol and Josh Buatzi. Mm. Absolutely no shame in that. Bivol is arguably the best light heavyweight, number two in my book, but arguably right up there. And you've got Buatzi, <laughs> who at the weekend proved that he could well be the best light heavyweight in Britain. We don't know yet. I've still got him at three, but he could well be, and he could well be the next light heavyweight title contender come towards the end of the year. So I think for, for Craig Richards, it's been frustrating. I don't know whether he's had time off, whether he's been injured, or whether the promoters just stiffed him or whatever. I don't know the situation. But 21 months, whichever way you look at it, isn't good. He needs to come back and he needs rounds. Get the round guy. Yeah. Get the blade. That's what Boris does. He comes down from Scotland and he gives you rounds. So I think that's what we're going to get here from Craig Richard. Don't be surprised if this goes the full 10 because Craig Richards needs the full 10. Boris is tough as old boots. And it'll be like, right, I'm back now. Let's start picking some fights. Yeah. Uh, Shannon Ryan and Jasmina uh, Zapichnia, uh, both undefeated. I think it's a decent uh, matchmaking fight on paper, but I think Shannon Ryan is uh, a cut above. Yeah. Uh, and on, you've got. It's only really. It's only really Cameron Vyong I'm looking forward to from this. Yeah, part. Cameron Vyong and John Hedges. I like John Hedges. I think he's uh, he's solid. But again, they're in fights that I think they navigate they relatively easily. Um, it's just a question of how they navigate them. That's all. Like you say, Cameron Vyong, he's uh, he seems to uh, he seems to be catching the imagination of a lot of fight fans at the moment, doesn't he? Sure does. Yeah. <clears throat> there you go. Uh, that's how your boxing's shaping up this week. Thursday, Saturday, two shows on Saturday. Uh, so we'll be back on uh, Monday to give you uh, a full review of that. Which fight are you doing on the Knicks picks? Because you'll have missed here, female. So you're doing Hamza Shiraz and Liam Williams? I'm going to do Hamza Shiraz and Liam Williams. Full preview oh. coming Friday morning. Okay, make sure you get stuck into that. There's uh, a Tiafimo Lopez interview on our YouTube channel as we speak. Get up there if you've not seen it. He's in good form. Find Fettel talking about all sorts. Devin Ernie, Terence Crawford, you name it, he's talking about it. Go and get stuck into that. And make sure you watch him on Thursday night as he takes on Jermaine Ortiz. Sky, I've got it. So if you're not staying up, obviously hit the thingy, the record button, and then come back on Friday morning and watch and it. Sag off work Friday morning. That's it. That's how, that's how we roll. Um, please subscribe. Fightdisciples.com is the website. So if you want an audio feed, it's all there for you. And we're on YouTube. So if you're watching this, don't just click off the channel. Hit that subscribe button. Become a Fight Disciple. Stick with us. Uh, we're trying to grow the community here, aren't we? Uh, and we appreciate it if you've already done it. Um, thank you very much for all your nice messages as well over the last um, few days. I see you. Appreciate it. I'll keep you up to date with that situation as and when I know a little bit more, but there's nothing to report at the moment. Um, and on that note, I'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.